everybody and welcome to episode 21 of the Shiny Bees podcast, Pontoon. Today is Saturday the 6th of September and coming up in today's show we've got some nitty news, the Whipping Piccadilly section and an exclusive interview with Victoria of Eden Cottage Yards. and welcome to episode 21 of the podcast pontoon and this has no kind of spoilers for any pattern picks that may come up during the episode there's absolutely no rhyme or reason behind the choice of uh, title for this episode other than that's what my granny used to call uh, blackjack uh, when she taught me how to play all of the the good card games that uh, a young child should know how to play uh, this was what she called pontoon. She's like 21, essentially, and hence 21 pontoon. How are you all? How have you all been since the last time I spoke to you? I hope you're all well and that you're all getting on with planning your autumn knitting because it is now, I guess, autumn, isn't it? More or less, it's definitely been a couple of uh, odd cold days here and there in Scotland where I've been thinking ahead to some nice sweater wearing the owls has popped back into my head on several occasions i really do think i'm going to pick that back up again out of hibernation once i've finished my lush and crack on with that bad boy be nice and warm i have moved into my new house now we moved last friday and it's now tuesday and the house is is pretty much sorted to be honest and um, the downstairs is is much more minimalist than it was we've been doing a lot of gum tree and a lot of throwing stuff out and um, it's a much kind of better layout although the house is very square and boxy for my tastes because um, I'm into Victorian sort of architecture and this is late 90s architecture so it's very square as you can imagine um, it's not, it's actually it's not too bad It's I have a utility room which is very exciting I've had one of those since I lived in Africa so and there's lots of storage upstairs so I've commandeered the second bedroom as a spare room slash uh, office space and the walk-in wardrobe that's in there I have uh, put all my important craft stuff in there so all of my uh, stash and things is all in there very neatly in piles and um, all the other stuff that I don't really care about is kind of still flung on the spare room uh, bed that's tomorrow's job when uh, the beast and animal are going to nursery and that'll be two hours of, of deep joy putting books back on shelves and uh, sorting all of that out really so I think we've done quite well to be honest I think the key was getting Rab and his uh, crazy moving mates to unpack all of the boxes and they're a bit funny about unpacking your boxes because they say oh well we're not allowed to unpack unless it's onto a flat surface and I said well surely the inside of a cupboard is a flat surface love and he was like well yeah it is but we're not allowed to put things in cupboards and we're not allowed to put books on shelves to which Mealy said well you're not going home until you empty all these boxes so you either put them on the shelves or put them on the floor I don't really care where but you can't leave until these boxes are empty and uh, funny enough well, as soon as Friday dinner time comes they're very much keen to uh, put stuff where it's meant to go and even if it's kind of illegal for health and safety reasons slash I want to get out of here reasons so uh, because we didn't have boxes and boxes everywhere we could move around it was a lot easier just to throw stuff away uh, where it needs to go and also put a big pile of stuff that we just know we don't want anymore 
So Gumtree and eBay are having a field day with us at the moment, getting rid of all the stuff that we don't want. Naturally, the children's bedrooms were a focus of activity for the first couple of days so that they were at least ready for them to go into. And the Beast has got her big girl bed. She had a little sort of toddler bed. And although she's nigh three and a half, she's absolutely huge, as I've mentioned before. So she wasn't really sleeping particularly well in the little bed because I just don't think she had enough room. And she sleeps like a bag of rats, to be honest with you. She's just all... I would never share a bed with her because every time I do, I end up getting booted and kicked to the point where I have to kind of top and tail so she'll stop kicking me. So we got her a new bed and she wanted a pink bedroom. Yeah. Despite never really pushing the whole dolls and pink stuff thing... All of a sudden she's got it into her head that pink is for girls and blue is for boys and she'd quite like a pink room, thanks very much, and not the nice kind of green and mint colours that she had before. So I managed to get around this by putting up spearminty green curtains and having blue and green accessories and sort of getting one baby pink lamp, a really cheap one from Argos. And getting some bedding that had bits of pink on, but had a lot more green and blue on it. So she seems really happy with that, which is is ideal, really. We're going to get some little fairy lights to put around her bedstead, because it's quite an old-fashioned Victorian, faux Victorian one. It's not an actual proper Victorian bed. So she's loving that, and I'm loving that everything in there is really neat, and her little tidy books bookshelves up, and everything's fine. And good old Sanimal's got a lot of aeroplane wall stickers on his wall. So it's all good. Hopefully um, the acoustics in this room won't be too bad. I'm aware that it's quite... We have got carpet and stuff, but it's still quite empty. So it might be a little bit echoey this episode. Hopefully, if that is the case, then I'll try and uh, see if there's somewhere else I can record where it's not quite so um, echoey for you. But yeah, everything's good. I will tell you a little bit more about the local area, etc. in the next episode, probably, because we've not obviously as you can expect had chance to go and have a good look round I do know the area because I've lived well my, well, my husband's lived here before and I used to visit a lot when he lived here when we were when we were courting when we were both young and uh, no children and plenty of spare money we both drove sports cars but no yeah we've got a diesel and my dad just gave us his like cast off car as well we're proper like unglamorous these days but hey you know it's, it's funny to think back to the good old days and and now we're kind of carting kids around and looking for places to go and take them to play but hey it's all good so uh, once I've kind of re-familiarised I'll give you a bit of a rundown of the area as I normally do when I move house for those that are interested but in the meantime we'll make this hopefully a shorter episode than last time although I understand you all enjoyed the interview in particular Last time there's been several comments about George's passion cake in particular and um, I almost went on Photoshop and Photoshopped a picture of his face onto a picture of uh, Heisenberg but I've not yet. So in this episode I do have another interview for you as I promised last time that I've been sitting on for a while. I managed to interview her at Unwind and it's really good because you can hear all the bustle of Brighton and the seagulls in the background so I hope you'll enjoy that. It is an interview with Victoria of Eden Cottage Yarns. 
So I'll save that up to the end, but in the meantime, I've got a little bit of knitting news for you, and then we have the Wicked Piccadilly section. So, get yourself a gin and tonic, because I think I need one by now, and we'll crack on. So as usual, I've got a little bit of knitting news to start you off, the first of which is an announcement from Louise of Knit British Podcast which was concerning a podcaster lounge at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which is going to be taking place next March in Edinburgh. If you haven't heard about it, get yourself over to her podcast and listen to her latest episode, which is episode number 10. It was only released on the 29th, so it's not quite been out for a, a week yet, and she'll give you a bit more information on that. I don't have any further on that at the moment, although I do know there are some exciting plans and there will be some exciting announcements coming up regarding that so she's the person who's going to be announcing a lot of them first so keep your ear out for anything coming from her if you're going to be coming along to that I'm definitely going it's my birthday weekend I don't need any any further excuse than that in all honesty so there you go also I have a new blog for you to have a look at this is a blog written by a lady called Isla and it's called Isla of Axe Home she lives in North Lincolnshire and she writes about knitting and books and yarny days out and it is a new blog. Now I don't normally mention everyone's blogs that um, I read or that people write to me about but uh, she apparently she'd been thinking about writing this blog for a while and she was a bit too scared and I actually met her through the Lush Knit Along that we're doing and she listened to one of my old old episodes. Uh, about fear I think it was episode number five and she was just like you know what I'm gonna do it so I just thought I'd, and she just emailed me and said I thought I'd tell you it's all your fault basically I'm gonna start this blog because I listened to your episode and I thought yeah what's the point in waiting I'm gonna get on with it so let's show her a little bit of support if you don't mind going over it is um, islaofaxhome.blogspot.co.uk and I'll put a link in the show notes um, but head over there, she's got some lovely pictures of the great uh, Scottish tapestry and she's been visiting some yarn shops and stuff so if that's the kind of thing you like to read about and she does have a very nice writing style then get yourself over there to have a look at that. Other than that, the only other yarny news I have for you is that uh, the latest episode of episode the latest installment of the golden skein has started to hit mats all over the country obviously i can't talk about it yet because not everyone has received their parcels but hopefully by the next time i podcast or definitely the time after i'll be able to tell you all about it there is a bit of a plan being hatched at the moment in the the golden skein group for a knit along and this is going to be hosted it was suggested by poke to goblin and she's she's very kindly agreed to host it for us um and it's basically going to be aimed at liberating some golden skeins but because it's kind of scary to pick your own pattern then one of the other group members is, is going to suggest patterns for you and people are going to vote on it so peer pressure get those golden skeins get them released it doesn't need to be a tgs golden skein it can be any golden skein in your stash that you just you want to use but you've not you, you don't have the kahunas to cast on essentially so um i'll give you more information about that when it is finalized but that's another thing to look out for you. So, on to a giveaway. We do love a good giveaway over here at the Golden Skein. So I was delighted when I was contacted by 
Louise Tilbrook of Louise Tilbrook Designs, who you will have heard at several times mentioned before on the podcast and who I actually mentioned last time and said I'll get back on to you later and then didn't get back on to her because I'd planned to put the giveaway in this episode instead. But Louise has designed a shawl and it is the very first pattern we've had designed in a, in a TGS yarn, in fact. And she used the Sparkle Dock Nimbus yarn which was the Yak Blend yarn in the last uh, quarter, the Fruits of Summer quarter, and designed a shawl with it. This is called the Autumn Crocus Shawl, and she's very kindly agreed to give us three copies to give away. It is normally £3 to buy, because it's a paperboard pattern, and the plan is that it will be part of a larger collection of shawls about the area in which she lives. And I'm going to read you the blurb straight from the pattern page so you get an idea of what the pattern is all about. Autumn Crocus is a fun, relaxing shawl designed to use a sock weight yarn with limited yardage of less than 400 yards paired with a contrast yarn from your sock weight leftovers. Always a good thing in my opinion. Fun and frugal, the perfect combination. Knit from the top down, there is plenty of soothing stocking stitch and a simple but effective garter stitch and lace panel repeated at intervals. Once the main body of the shawl is complete, the lace border is worked with no further stitch repeats, making for a stress-free end to your project. The shawl was inspired by the Where I Live Craft Along, which was hosted by Stitch Together Podcast. I'm just adding a few kind of notes in here. When it's like, it less in a BBC announcer voice and more in a... A jaw voice, that's when I'm adding things in, just so you know. And and reflects the fact that Saffron Walden, where I live, was named for its fields of crocus. The saffron harvest being a chief source of income from the growing uh, for the growing medieval market town. So, as I mentioned, this is going to be eventually part of a series of designs. And she's very kindly offered to give uh, three copies away to listeners of the podcast. In order to enter the giveaway, you need to uh, go into the Autumn Crocus giveaway thread and there will be a separate thread, not the episode thread, a separate thread uh, in the group. And what you would like to know is which of Louise Tilbrook Designs patterns appeals most to you. So we're helping her out as well with a little bit of market research. So please do, don't just pick the first one that comes up, please do try and give some good information because I know she will really appreciate it and she does always take um, feedback on board from people and in in return for your time you are in with a chance of winning one of three copies of the autumn crocus pattern entries will close on the 30th of september so make sure you get your entry in before then please and i will announce uh, the winners thereafter and louise will send you the pattern on ravelry so if you've got any questions about that or you want to look up any more of her design she does have a group on Ravelry called Louise Tilbrook Designs and it is quite chatty and she's got a good chat thread in there so I will also link to that in the show notes and you can go over and have a look. So on to the Whipping Piccadilly section. It is quite a short section this time chiefly because I've mostly been working on the Lush Knit Along which I spoke to you about last time. 
and it would appear that people walking around upstairs in my house is very audible downstairs. I do hope he doesn't fall through the ceiling. Um, so apologies if you hear any creaking in the background. It's not kind of like medieval chic, it's uh, mid-90s chic. But hey, let's get on with the, the show. So the Lush Pod Knit Along is going well. It is still running and you still can join, but you have till the 14th of September to get all of the body and one sleeve done, which constitutes 75%. 12 days to go and I'm only decreasing for the waist. It's not that I've not been knitting on this pattern and it's not that I don't like it. It just, I just, I've not had time obviously. I, I have moved house and tidied my entire house away into something that's actually livable and hosting people coming round a ball in sort of mm, three days. So you can imagine how much knitting time that allows for and that's quite in between posting out for TGS and other uh, freelance work that I've been doing so yeah the knitting is not progressing as quickly as one would like but uh, it looks really nice and I did do a little sneaky try on last night and it seems to fit really nicely at the top so I'm hoping I can fudge out uh, the bottom of the hips so they'll be a little bit wider and uh, once I've done that I think it'll be crack on time I think now that most of the house is put away as well I'll have a little bit more free time hopefully in the evenings um, to knit on with this I'll be able to get more of it done whether I will have the sleeve done in time for the cast, well, the cast off date, I don't know, but I'm certainly trying, and I don't think anyone else has moved house in the middle of the knit long, so uh, there's my defence, Your Honour, and I'm sticking to it. Otherwise, in other projects, the only thing I've really had chance to work on is the Tutti Fruity socks, which were a pair of just ordinary afterthought heel socks, done to ramp on my own pattern, really, I guess. And this was knit in the Desert Vista Dye Work self stripe yarn in the colourway The Fruits of Summer, which was uh, a yarn from the second quarter, the Golden Skin Club. It was a 75% merino, 25% nylon standard sock base, and I think it was a six or seven stripe repeat. And this was all going really fine. I really enjoyed it. I like the idea of just putting a little kind of uh, zip yarn, the, the kind of holding yarn, waist yarn in and cracking onto the toe. It's a lot less fussy than doing the whole heel turn thing that you normally have to do and fiddling about with increasing and decreasing. And it was my first ever go at doing uh, Magic Loop and I'm really enjoying that technique. I'm going to use that for the sleeves on my Lush. And Claire Divine, Sock Queen, had made me a special little spreadsheet which I took great delight in showing off at Fluff and everywhere else that I could show off that I had this special spreadsheet for working out exactly how much you know how many yard, uh, rounds I needed to do and everything because she's an engine she made me a spreadsheet and I just follow what she said well yeah follow what she said until it got to the afterthought heel part and I've watched someone else's video on YouTube and this is where it all started to go a little bit wrong because I watched someone else's video and then this person recommended that you add on like half an inch of just straight knitting round before you started the decreases so I did, foolishly, and it was too big. I even brought it to unwind for my friend who has slightly larger feet, my friend Kate, um, with the monkey socks. I was hoping to blockade her with my non-monkey socks and try and give her these ones instead, uh, but they were too big even for her. So yeah, I, Claire, Claire said was really upset that her spreadsheet hadn't worked, or so she thought, and said to me, well, what, you know, what did you do wrong? And I said, oh, well, this lady on this video said to do this, and she's like, did I tell you to do that? No. <laughs> and um, 
there was no extra rose and yeah I'd, I'll, in future I'll just do what she says and not try and be clever and watch YouTube to do anything so uh, the other one I did and that's actually fine I did that according to the divine instructions and funny old thing it worked like a charm so I just need to rip out the heel again and re-knit that but it's um it's on hold for the moment as I have been knitting started and finished and in threes a baby cardigan by Kelly Herdrich which is a page four pattern and it is six dollars I've called it bees in threes because it's knit for baby Beatrix as she's now called, I didn't know she was going to be Beatrix when I knit it, but Bees in Threes works quite well for me. And I knit that in Drops Charisma Superwash, I think I called it Alaska last time I talked about it, but it wasn't, it was Charisma, I was lying. And the original plan was to knit it in the DK Charisma Superwash, because I wanted Superwash, because it's a baby knit, but to go down a needle size, but got up a size. So I wanted it to fit a small child, so I was going to go down a needle size to 4 mil, but I was going to go up a size in age, so then it would be somewhere in the middle, you know, dead technical fudgery. And in the end, I just didn't, I just knitted it on 5 millimeter needles. So it's definitely going to be a 12 months, <laughs> 12 months size, in fact, it fits animal. So, and he's 19 months, albeit a small one. So it's definitely going to be one that she's going to grow into at least. And uh, But really nice, really simple pattern, really unoffensive way to make baby knits for people who... Uh, I mean, luckily my friend is knitworthy. I know she'd love it anyway. But um, if you're knitting for someone and you're not really sure of their taste, it's, it's impossible to be offended by this pattern. It's just a really simple little um, three buttons at the top and it goes from kind of a few garter stitch rows and then it goes down in a couple of garter stitch rows like bands at the bottom and it's a kind of swingy open one so really good for uh, growing into really it can be like a slightly longer one and then as they get bigger it'll obviously get just get shorter uh, the fabric of the yarn uh, of the the kind of the knitting obviously was a little bit more drapey than it would have been had I knitted in the right yarn it would have been a lot firmer um, but I think it's quite nice because it's quite kind of stretching a bit lightweight and easier to move around and I would think for a child that's at that age going to be kind of starting to walk I guess so yeah that, that was started and finished all in a one I started it on the train back from Elgin I went up I came up here the other week for a job interview and um, I, cast, I cast it on on the way from Elgin to Aberdeen and then I was on the train from Aberdeen and there was these three fellas asking me about knitting and whether it was going to be done in time and I was just like, yeah, of course it's going to be done in time. The baby's coming on Monday. This was like Thursday. The baby's going to be here on Monday. So, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't done by Monday, but it was done not long after. So, definitely recommend that as a pattern uh, for any gift knitting for babies. And that's it for the, the Whipping Piccadilly section. On the sewing front, I have today just knocked up two dog beds, which uh, was quite pleasing. I used a fleece blanket that I'd got from Dunelm, I think. It was a single size fleece blanket. And once I'd washed it, it wasn't lovely and soft anymore. It was kind of like a bit clumped together. Well, it was still soft, but it looked a bit untidy. So what I did was I went to um, Argos. Other catalogue stores are available. And bought a double 13 and a half tog duvet, which I cut in half. And then I folded that into thirds 
to make two kind of fillings for the dog bed and I had to sew along one end. I'm doing hand actions now while I'm talking about this. I had to sew along, I cut slightly to the left of one of one of the seams in the duvet which obviously splits it in half and then I sewed along that with the machine um, to close up that end. So I had two pieces which I then folded into thirds and I got the single size fleece and I folded that in half and cut that in half and then I folded that in half again so it would be like a quarter of a single size sewed around it and left a little pouch open turned it the right way out folded the half of a duvet so you could just get single duvets but it will cost you a little bit more into thirds put that in there sewed down the little end times two job done so that saved me probably 40 quid because dog beds are really really expensive so I wasn't up for that so I was just like you know what I'm going to re reuse this and just get a cheap duvet and you know what when it's done I'll just I'll do another one I'm sure I can wash it a couple of times before it actually becomes really lumpy and you can't use it again unlike dog beds which are lumpy after the first wash if you can even wash them at all who would design a dog bed that you can't machine wash seriously but people do so yeah that's my top tip for the sewing front if you if you fancy having a crack at a dog bed it was probably took me maybe an hour and a half today so it was uh, time well spent i think this afternoon anyway with that said i think we'll move on to the interview So here's the moment you've all been waiting for and waiting for me to stop wittering for and that is the interview with Victoria of Eden Cottage Yarns which is an indie dyed yarn company uh, from Leeds in the UK if you're not familiar although I would be surprised at this stage if you're not familiar with Eden Cottage and she very kindly agreed to give me some time at the end of Saturday on the weekend of Unwind so I think we were both a bit fried by this point in all honesty. Uh, to talk to me about all things kind of yarny and business related. I find it a really interesting interview actually and uh, she is as warm and funny as she sounds in real life. She's just one of these people that you feel like you've known forever when you first meet her really. I don't know if it's a kind of northerner to northerner thing or whether it's just that all northerners are brilliant and everybody loves us which is probably the latter and um, yeah I thought she had some really interesting uh, points and a really kind of inspiring attitude really was the main thing I took from it I hope that will be what you take from it too and I hope you'll enjoy it and as always please let me know what you think so without further ado we'll go back to the future and chat to me and Victoria back in July okay so we're here today Victoria and I I call you Victoria because I'm not yeah, sure whether it's okay to call you Vicky oh whatever I, I, any I any know. derivation that you can possibly well, think of I mean because I'm northern <laughs> I always think of sticky Vicky so I'm always really wary of calling anyone Vicky whose name is Victoria so, I don't mind I introduced myself as Victoria but I really don't mind I quite like Victoria we'll yeah Victoria. all right um, so I'm with Victoria of Eden Cottage Yarns and not in fact sticky Vicky of Benny Dolph fame and uh, we're in Thanks. the pavilion gardens you know who sticky Vicky is so it's all right <laughs> uh, in, in Brighton it's a beautiful sunny day it's towards the end of unwind and Victoria's very kindly offered to come and speak to us uh, about Eden Cottage so kindly offered to take a break from the stall yeah, who wouldn't take up an offer like that I know, especially with ice cream as yeah, well yeah I know <laughs> um, 
lovely. So there's a couple of gentlemen asleep in front of us on the grass with cans of Scrumpy Jack. So we feel like we're at home up north. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll, we'll crack on with the interview. I can tell there's going to be a lot of laughing in this interview. It's been a lot of laughing already. So can you tell us a bit about yourself as a person and about how you became interested in everything yarning? Yeah, well, um, I taught myself to knit when I was at uni. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, we were... Well, I was studying architecture and we were actually in the same building as the textiles people. And I remember that I, when I was thinking about going to uni and I kind of wanted to do textiles, I think, you know, like, I'd always been kind of interested in it, but I couldn't see any direction that I could go in and, and sort of, like, teachers and my parents were like, well, architecture, it's a career, isn't it, whereas textiles kind of isn't. <laughs> so so that was that. I can't. I think I got talked into doing architecture, but then we were in the same building and, oh, I used to kind of pine for it a little bit. So anyway, I taught myself to knit while I was there and um, it was a downhill spiral really from there onwards <laughs> isn't it always really? yeah yeah but it's like I taught myself to knit um, and then I wanted to have a go at spinning and then I wanted to have a go at dyeing and it just all goes hand in hand doesn't it yeah. I think if you're creative minded if you're create creative kind of person you're interested to try everything yeah and you know and it might be that you settle on one thing that you do a lot of or it might be that you're a jack of all trades mm. you know whatever but um i just think if you're generally creative then you want to try new things and yeah it's just that really yeah yeah so what was the tipping point then that turned your hobby at uni and being a closet kind of textile artist if you will um, <laughs> into a yarny business uh, well, I left uni because I must admit I hated it. I hated mm. every minute. <laughs> um, and I stuck it out for four years, yeah. but got to the point where it was like, this is just such a waste of time and money. Yeah. You know, and, and actually, I, I don't want to be an architect. I just, I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so I left and I moved back, back down to Lancashire mm. and um, kind of faffed about in different jobs for a few years. Um, and I worked at Pill City Yarns, so that was really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I was really cool. Oh, did you know? No, yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I worked in Pill City Yarns, I think it was about 11 months, the first 11 months when it opened. Wow. Yeah, that was really cool. And um, and I kind of think that helped embed it in my, I don't know, my conscience or whatever. Um, and then there came a point where my personal circumstances changed quite dramatically. Um, and I couldn't afford to stay on in my flat and I was suddenly single and like I had a massive amount of debt and it was kind of like everything went to pot um, and I was thinking oh what do I do what do I do you know and you have that awful kind of few weeks of waking up in the morning not knowing what the hell is going to happen with your life and, and I was sort of considering signing up for like council housing and all different things and anyway in the end um I woke up one morning with a dawning realisation, as you do, <laughs> that um, my stepdad still had his, his first house in Cumbria from the 70s. And I kind of forgotten that he still had it, but he, he'd never been back. He'd never, he kept it as a holiday home, but never, never returned, really. And it was kind of crumbling farmhouse. Mm. And I just kind of thought there's a house there it's a bit crumbly and a bit spidery but I could move there and 
so I did <laughs> and I had, I had no job lined up I didn't know anybody I had no money at all no income nothing um, and it was very spidery and I, and I was really phobic of spiders at the time so that, that kind of helped as well so I've managed to pretty much get over my phobia which is really cool yeah. and I did up the house gradually while I was living there uh, but I had a really, really cold winter. The first winter was really cold. And um, and built up this, this business because I just thought, this is the only time of my life where I've got no kids, I've got no partner, I have no other responsibility. Yeah. You know, if there are weeks where I can't afford food or coal or whatever, it doesn't matter because there's only me to look after and to worry about. Um, and so that's what happened. And there, there were quite, you know, that... that like I say, that first winter was really, really tough um, because I did struggle to afford things like food and um, the heating was went on cold, so it was. I was buying like a sack of cold just when I could. Nothing. It was. It's like really, really living hand to mouth. Um, but it probably done me good. Yeah, I well, I think so. It, it probably has. So. It's probably made me right skin flint. Well, it's obviously working, isn't it? Yeah. And but was you, that Eden Cottage? That was, that was the Eden it Cottage. It was. Yeah, because I figured that I lived. It was in the Eden Valley. Yeah. And I was living in a cottage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the name just kind of fell into place. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that that was it really. It was just a case of. I've got nothing else to do, I've got no other plans, I've got nothing left to lose, so why the hell not? Make yeah. a go of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess when you're in that situation and, and like you say, you don't have the responsibility, some of the fears that stop people taking that leap... There's none of that. ...are not there. Because I just thought, well, you know, if there are a few weeks in a row when I'm really, really skint and, I, and I'm, I just, I'm at the point where I can't afford food or anything, well, I'll look for a job. Mm. You know, because there's quite a bit of tourism up there. Um, it's near Appleby, so there's kind of like the whole... There's lots of fell walkers and, and yeah. things like that. So there's a lot of B&Bs and small restaurants and things like that and hotels and that. So I always thought, well, I could just get a job at catering or as a cleaner or, or whatever, yeah. you know. So I just kind of thought I'd wing it, really. And yeah. that was it. It's good. <laughs> no, it's, it's a very inspirational story to hear. <laughs> I think I was very lucky, though. I was really, really lucky to just have that time of having the opportunity and actually kind of I think realising that that was a good good time to, to try it yeah. I think it was very lucky well there's always an element of luck in everything and time but mm. equally there's always a lot of hard work behind any <laughs> yeah. venture like that so yeah it is really really hard work it's really really hard um, you know you kind of you don't know what's going to happen. You, I, I don't know. It's just um, you just have to be prepared. Well, for a start, you have to be prepared to do absolutely every aspect of everything. So you know you have to come up with your own kind of like your branding and your design and like anything that you can possibly think of. You have to be prepared to try it yourself. Yeah. You know you have to be prepared to try and build your website yourself. And and I used to think to myself, um, like for example, with the website. I was looking at all these different hosts, um, and I and I, and I kind of thought I really need someone to design a website for me, but I just can't afford it. And I thought, well, what's the one asset that I do currently have right now is time. Yeah. I, actually, I do have the time to sit down and read through the instructions and learn how to create this website. I think you've got to be prepared to just work through everything. And 
and if it takes you you know if you have to pull all nighters to do it or whatever it happens to be you just got to do it because then later on in your career you get to the point where you can afford to pay people to do all that stuff for you but in the meantime yeah you just got to do it I think Um, and, and then it starts to look after itself you know so it pays off yeah, no, yeah, I know what you mean. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, website issues. <laughs> I yeah, never it's thought never I would smooth, do this. So. I'm, like, I'm doing all this myself, darling. Because he normally, my husband normally does the, the technical right. stuff, but I've learned it all myself. So I was like, no, I yeah. need to know how to do this. Yeah, so I have to completely yeah. get where you. And it's worth keeping there. on top of it, really, as well, isn't it? Yeah. And reminding yourself how it works and stuff. Even if, even if you get to a point where you're paying somebody else to do something, yeah, it is worth, I think, keeping up with it. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the normal questions we go to is is a time when your business were where things haven't gone necessarily to plan. <laughs> but I think it kind of started out from things not necessarily going to plan. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll go. I've to, never really had a particular plan. It's just all kind of happened. I think quite organic. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a great way to to build a business. You know, I never borrowed any money. There was never any liability. There was never anything like that. It was just like here's how much I've made, here's how much you've got to reinvest, and you just gradually build it up, and it just snowballs. Yeah. But I think, you know, it is possible to, to do it without a plan, mm-hmm. which I don't know whether I should be saying that, but it is, mm-hmm. and without, like, a loan or investment or anything like that. It's perfectly possible. Yeah. It's just, you just have to be prepared to put the work in, I think. Yeah, no, that's definitely a fair point, I think. <laughs> um... I've got a question, and obviously you didn't. You didn't read the question. Well, I didn't read the question. No, read the I didn't get. I didn't get time. You didn't get a chance to see the question because you were busy navigating the massive traffic jam I'd been sat in as well for seven hours. I think um, everybody was in it, weren't they? Terrific. I know. Um, uh, what is your favourite quote that you turn to for inspiration? It's a difficult one. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have one. Um, I really don't know. Maybe you can email me one when you've had a chance to think yeah, about can it on, on yeah, the phone. Yeah, as in like from somebody else. Yeah. I don't know, there's probably quite a lot. I've probably retweeted quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I would say probably something to do with taking opportunities. Yeah. I, I think that would probably be it. Something based around that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you've got to I just think life is short and I just think you've got to live it to the full, you know, and not just sit on on your backside and kind of let it pass you by I think you've got to you know I mean I'm not I'm not terribly kind of energetic or anything like that but I do think you've got to be prepared to take opportunities and to and to sort of start saying yes to opportunities and stuff like that yeah (laughs) definitely Definitely. totally on board with that because that's how TGS started yeah what was from what's kind of my friend flying into another aircraft and dying at 27 and that is how it ended up starting because I had all this yarn and I thought I don't want to be that person in that plane who Mm. thinks it's all fine one day and the next minute lights out and I'm not going to think I wish I'd never knitted that yarn yeah if I'm you know sat at the pearly gates or what have you and that's that's how it all kind of started yeah it's strange isn't it really I think I think there are moments like that and you just think I've just got to I've got got to live life to the full even if that is taking an afternoon relaxing Mm -hmm. I said just enjoy it yeah. just enjoy every minute and enjoy everything that you do you know don't stress about things just get your head down and get on with it and yeah. enjoy it 
do something and yeah. then deal with what yeah. happens afterwards. Yeah. Um, I think we've covered the next question, so we'll go on to the one after that. <laughs> and it's okay. good because you're just freestyling, and I like that. We've been having a lot of chats. Freestyling. Lotty little old ladies. What, which one thing that you know now did you wish you had known when you picked up the first ball of yarn? Uh, um, maybe do do attention square. <laughs> really? <laughs> Use nice yarn. Use nice yarn. What was your first ever ball of yarn? I think it would have been some black acrylic the first thing that I ever knitted was um, a fair round hot water bottle mm-hmm. and so I learned how to cast on and I cast on and then I learned how to do stocking stitch and then I learned how to bring in another colour and it was purple so I started with black and then I brought purple in and it was purple fair isle so that must have been it <laughs> <laughs> never again brilliant <laughs> Okay, so it's time for a random question. More random okay. than the questions you've had so far. <laughs> Everybody knows that knitters love cake. Yeah. If you were a piece of cake, yeah. what kind would you be and why? Victoria sponge. Ah, and <laughs> why, why would you be a Victoria sponge? Because Victoria? I bloody love it. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? You can make it into loads of stuff as well. Exactly, yeah. And you can put whatever you want on top. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Have it with a cup of tea. What is your favourite go-to resource for either yarn craft or in your business world that you couldn't do without? Ravelry. Mm. Yeah. I bet everybody says that, but yeah, Ravelry. Yeah. I really think Ravelry's Ravel- just totally revolutionised the whole knitting industry, yeah. I would say. I mean, certainly from working in a yarn shop and from going around shows, you know, people are walking around with like their smartphones out and they're on Ravelry looking at the pans as they're looking at the yarn and... Or like they'll just say to us, oh, could I just log in on your phone and just check yeah. this in my queue? And it's just amazing. It's so cool. And it's a social media thing as well. Yeah. So it's given us a chance to connect with people that you would never normally get a chance to connect with. Mind you, I would say the same for Twitter, actually, yeah. as well. Um, but, yeah, certainly, I mean, Ravelry is an amazing resource. It really, really is. It's just fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I would say Twitter. I mean, I'm really addicted to Twitter I love how it's so fast and so instant and you can just take a snap on your phone and immediately get it on Twitter and you can talk to people like with Ravelry that you would never normally talk to. You know, you're yeah. all there, you're all on a, a level playing field. Mm. It's just wonderful. I, th- I just think it's brilliant. Oh, it is. I do love my Magnus's daily yarn porn. I'm like, <laughs> yes, well, it's nearly time for the yarn porn. What's on a washing line today? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's just endless photos, bad photos of yarn. No, I love them. But you must get sick of it at some point. And no, no, I'll start making lists to put on to the show. I'm like, I've seen this one. I wonder where that is now. It's terrible. Oh. I just love it. I just, you know, I it's love fun. Twitter. It's brilliant. Everybody needs yarn in the morning. I'm sat there and like, the kids are squabbling. And I've got to listen to Peppa Pig in the background with my first cup of tea shaking. And then hot pops mine. Eden Cottage porn for the day. Yes. <laughs> It helps if, it, if it's daylight early because I can take some pictures. Yeah. Nice and early. Oh, don't, don't. Winter's going to be horrendous. I know. In northern Scotland, there'll be no yarn porn till 11 o'clock. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Elgin is quite far north. It is quite far north. It's pretty, though. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. So, That'll be good. So, what we'll do is we'll just do whether you've got any 
parting words for those people who are thinking about getting into the industry but they're not sure parting words it. how long have you got <laughs> you, should we write a book um, and then we'll go to where um, people can find you and okay. then, then we'll wrap up cool yeah parting words I would say just go for it mm-hmm. firstly um, be prepared to work really really hard you know you will be working very very long hours I think the thing is it takes over your life and you you need to be prepared for the fact that this thing will take over your life if if you think if that terrifies you then don't it's not for you yeah which is fair enough really yeah I just think if the the thought of it taking up every waking minute is something that you don't want then then running a business is not not what you want to be doing yeah because you will you, you don't switch off ever mm. you know you, you have to, the only thing that distracts you is something that takes up you know all of your attention that's different but even then you know you can be thinking in your head oh, I've got to be doing this that, and the other and oh those colors and all this kind of thing you know it just it never goes away and you have to love it enough that it taking up that amount of time is okay. Yeah. Um, and it will take up your entire house as well, so there's that as well. <laughs> the other thing is um, get an accountant. Definitely get an accountant. Do your own bookkeeping, but get an accountant. They are worth, they are worth their weight in gold. And I didn't believe it before I got one. I, I just thought, oh, no, no, I can't afford it now. But they are truly, truly worth their weight in gold. Um, well, there was something else that I was going to say as well, but um, I can't remember what it was. Just go, just do it, just go for it. You know, if you're worried about it not working, then do it part time. You know, and build it up. Thing, I think in general, I would just say, just do it and, yeah. and be prepared to work really, really hard. Lovely. That's it. So, where can we find you? So the website's edencottageyarns.co.uk. Uh, Twitter is Eden Cottage. Facebook <laughs> Eden Cottage Yarns. We've got a Ravelry group, which is Eden Cottage Yarns. <laughs> I'm so original. Instagram, Eden Cottage Yarns. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't. I'm not actually on Instagram, but I need to get on Instagram. So if I do, oh, then it will be family. the same. <laughs> um, is there anything else? A flicker, maybe. Um, but I'm not sure. I guess if you put in Eden Cottage Arms, it will come up, Probably but I'm not up. sure. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I don't know. Just try Eden Cottage Arms. Yeah. If it's there, it'll come up. <laughs> Google me, darling. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you can find all sorts. Not that I'm insinuating you've done anything bad in your life, but... Oh, oh I don't anyway, know. Anyway, I'm going to stop digging right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for your That's time. That's okay. Being so Thank candid you with me. your advice and being so chatty. That's no problem. Um, it's not hard. Uh, yeah, we better go and pack up. We had, hadn't we? Is it for about yeah. four o'clock? It's one minute to four. Oh, God. So we'll don't be worried where the hell I am. I hope the audio on that was okay for you. Unfortunately, when I came to edit it, there was a couple of incidences where the... Um, the microphone, we must have knocked the microphone and it got quite loud so I apologise there was a bit of jittery editing in there unfortunately the nature of these things means you can't really go back and re-record over the top of it so uh, yeah you'll have to bear with that I'm afraid I hope you've enjoyed the interview again and please do let me know what you think I really uh, value any feedback that I get I understand the last interview went down quite well uh, from the messages I've been getting which is brilliant and once again there's some slightly kind of cake innuendo in this one so I hope you'll have enjoyed that I mean who doesn't love a bit of sniggering about cake in all honesty 
Um, but all that remains for me today is thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. And I hope you all have a great week. Happy crafting and speak to you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found on the blog at www.shinybees.com. Music used in this episode is by Adam and the Water Boys, and it's I Need a Drink, available by Music Alley. That's alright. I feel a need to laugh again with you, if that's alright.